Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Functional Nutritionist podcast. My name is Namrata and I'm the founder of the Functional Nutritionist. In this episode, I wanted to take the opportunity to introduce myself and give you an insight into my journey. So a little bit about me. I guess you could say that I've always had a keen interest in health and nutrition. And a lot of that was driven by the fact that I'd lost my mother to the complications of rheumatoid arthritis when I was two years old. She was only 35 when she passed away. She was, she was fairly young. I mean, within six months of her diagnosis, she tragically and unexpectedly passed away due to the gold steroid treatment she was given. Um, my brother, who was about 10 at the time, and my sister, who was 11, and myself, we were all left without a mother. So I guess, as you can imagine, it was quite hard to understand and digest at that age. Um, the silver lining, I guess you could say, was that we have a loving father and an a- absolute angel of a stepmother. So there's always something to be grateful for. And that that for me has to be it. Um, from the age of three, I was diagnosed with anxiety. And as a teenager, I suffered from acne, weight gain, and very heavy periods. Every time I went to the doctor about this, uh, they would just brush it off as the normal trial and tribulations of growing up. Um, And I now know that this wasn't normal. Um, And I guess this is one of the gripes I have with the uh, medical system in that any any ailment, so whether it be the flu or an infection, cold whatever it is the doctor is very quick to write a prescription i've yet to meet a gp who looks at you in a more holistic manner and looks at you as a whole rather than looking at you as a number another statistic um because the more you delve in into the individual you realize that everybody's unique and we all have different dna no dna is ever the same and therefore you have to question whether You can really give, I don't know, the same prescription to 95% 95 of the population because a clinical trial said so. I guess you could question that, yeah, you can because of the probability. But really, no two individuals are the same and they are going to react differently. So this is where my gripe comes with conventional medicine. Now, after graduating with a degree in business management and accounting at university, um, I joined an investor relations company and then went to work for an investment bank, managing the investor relations of various uh, blue chip companies. Um, I quite enjoyed that role, um, but I still wanted to become an accountant. So after two years, I joined the Royal Bank of Scotland and started my accounting career there. Um, It was probably one of the best times of my career. I was there for seven years, had two promotions and held three different roles. But most importantly, I made some awesome friends and worked for some incredible people. Um, I then left and went to work for Virgin Atlantic as a finance analyst. And this was my absolute dream job where I had a fantastic team and two fantastic bosses. But sadly, I was made redundant um, from there after two years. And it's where I qualified as a chartered management accountant, which made it even more memorable. Now, you're probably thinking, where am I going with this, right? Well, after Virgin, I joined a large American corporate in the city. 
This was in uh, January 2016. And it was here that led me to starting my career in nutrition. So let me set the scene for you. It's April 2009 and I'm sitting in my GP's office. He's just dropped the bombshell that I have rheumatoid arthritis, the very same disease that took my mother's life. And he said to me that I need to start taking methotrexate straight away if I don't want to be crippled by the age of 30. Now, I remember this day like it was yesterday. And I remember it so clearly. And I can remember myself saying the words, you can fuck right off. Those are the words that actually came out of my mouth. It's very unladylike, I know. Um, and in hindsight, I'm actually quite ashamed of my behaviour. But just to put it into context, and this is not an excuse, methotrexate is a very toxic drug. It's so toxic that my best friend, who is a pharmacist, wasn't allowed to touch the medication while pregnant. It comes with undesirable side effects like ectopic pregnancies, liver damage, fatigue, hair loss, pneumonia, memory loss, and not to mention the elevated risk of lymphoma. So, as you can imagine, I wasn't really keen on putting this toxic drug into my body. And at the same time, I was also diagnosed with a vitamin D deficiency and a B12 deficiency, which I was told I'd needed injections for, for the rest of my life. So the thought of being jabbed every two weeks and taking medication for the rest of my life really had me feeling like my life had ended. Now, it probably is a bit dramatic, but at the time I was 26 and being told that you could be potentially crippled by before the age of 30, it really scared me. It scared the life out of me um, because you're 26, you're still a, it's still a young age. You still have your whole life ahead of you. Um, and I really wasn't ready to, to you know, be classed or be, di be diagnosed with something that you really or I only really associated with old people at the time. Even though my mum had passed away, I don't know why I associated arthritis as an old person's disease. Um, but yeah, um, I was quite wrong about that, wasn't I? <laughs> because um, rheumatoid arthritis is, uh, the, is very common amongst young people. It's, I think the youngest that's ever been diagnosed is the age of two. It usually does creep up on you in your 40s, but you can actually get it before. And I'm one of those people that did. Um, so, yeah. Now, losing my mother is why I really don't like conventional medicine. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely think that allopathic medication has its place in medicine. But I just don't agree with using pharmaceuticals to treat lifestyle diseases, which having looked at NHS statistics, 95%, sorry, 90% of all diseases are lifestyle related. Now, I was told that my rheumatoid arthritis was her hereditary. And at the time, I believed it. But looking back and now knowing what I do know um, through my course and other research that I've done, it's not actually hereditary. It's, yeah, you might, you might, I might be carrying the gene, but it's actually your lifestyle, your diet that can trigger that gene off. There's a saying um, that your lifestyle, genetics and your... I don't even know where I'm going with this really, but I've forgotten the quote actually. Mine's gone blank, sorry. Um, there's a quote to say that your... Um, Oh, what's that quote? Do you know what? My mind's gone blank. 
I think it's genet sorry, it's genetics that loads the gun, it's your diet and lifestyle that pulls the trigger. Something along those lines. Um so yeah. Um that's what I've come to know now that you just because some you've you know inherited a gene, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to get that disease. Um and lifestyle and diet has a lot more to do with it. Now I walked out of that surgery ripping up the prescription. I got into my car and I just burst out crying. I can again I can remember this. I was just so full of anger. And at that moment in time, I just remember wanting my mum. As sad as that sounds. Um I didn't take the drugs for about a year. I lasted a year without them. And then in May 2010, uh yeah, May 2010, um I had to start taking them because we had had a very harsh winter that year. Um, I think it was in April when I was unable to move my arms properly and my elbows had become locked at a 90 degree angle. My rheumatologist had sent me for x-rays which had confirmed what I was dreading, that I'd had joint damage in my elbows. So I had to admit defeat in my battle with RA and began taking the methotrexate. Now I reached a compromise with my rheumatologist basically said to her that if she puts me on the lowest possible dose, which was, I think, about 7.5 milligrams, um, then I would I would start taking the drugs. And she did. And then I walked out of that consultation with the attitude that I will control the RA. It won't control me. Because I remember when I first got the diagnosis and I went home and I logged onto Facebook, it was just so draining it was, you know, everyone was pretty much saying, you know, once you get RA, your life is over. And, you know, some were describing methotrexate as the devil. So as you can imagine, uh, reading that was just so draining for me. Um, and it made me even more determined not to let me, not to, not to let this disease get to me. I remember really thinking that, you know, positive thinking is going to help me um, to um, beat this disease. And to an extent, it really did. Um, because <clears throat> after this consultation where I had to, where I had to begin taking methotrexate, after I came out of that and I came out with that attitude, I embarked on a wellness journey. So I began shedding any excess weight that I was carrying to ease the pressure off my joints. And with my rheumatologist's blessing, I began running four times a week. And let me tell you that run is high something else. I just couldn't get enough of it. And it's, it's very, um, I think a lot of people have the opinion that if you have RA that you can't run but actually it was actually the opposite for me my rheumatologist was like she was encouraging it so this, that's why I was able to to do it um so yeah and after embarking on this wellness journey um at my next rheumatologist appointment which was a year later I was given the good news that I was in clinical remission and I managed to stay that way for six years so clearly that just shows that diet and lifestyle has a lot to do with um, managing disease. And yeah, there was a bit of the element of the methotrexate, but I'd like to think that it was my mindset and my um, diet and lifestyle that had actually prolonged my remission. And I actually managed to stay that way until 2017. Um so as I mentioned before, I joined a large American corporate back in 2016 and I absolutely hated it. I um, really, really did not like it. My boss was an incredibly difficult man to work for. 
and he really made it quite a horrible atmosphere to work in. Um, I found myself coming home and being incredibly moody and stressed. Now, don't get me wrong, this job had its perk to, perks too. Um, I used to um, get to travel a lot. I also have to um, attend quite a few work socials, which meant that my alcohol, my alcohol consumption reached new levels. And if you are on methotrexate, then you're not actually meant to drink alcohol because it can cause liver damage when, um, well, yeah, you're putting a, a, a more of a toxic burden already when you're taking those drugs. And then to add alcohol to the mix, <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster for your liver, really. Um but anyway, I, for some reason, ignored that because I just couldn't live without my gin or my champagne. But it also meant that because I was working in London, I was out a lot more on the weeknights as well as the weekend. And by the end of 2016, I was like a stone heavier. So that's 14 pounds or 6 kg, whatever you want to call it, heavier than my ideal weight. I was also incredibly anxious and burnt out because I was working late hours, especially during forecast periods. I'd be working crazy hours, sometimes until midnight. So at the beginning of 2017, I decided to give up alcohol and ramped up my exercise regime to lose the excess weight that I was carrying. But for some reason, this time it was different. No matter how hard I tried, my weight just kept increasing, which I'd never seen before. And also the rheumatoid arthritis came back with a vengeance. The pain was like a hundred times worse and more frequent. And as dramatic as it sounds, I actually felt like it'd come back to kill me because it was just so painful. The flare-ups had become quite frequent. Um, and again, in hindsight, I, I think if looking back, it looks like the stars had really aligned for me when all these problems started to surface. Again, trying to take the silver lining with the situation because it's then it's then that I started this massive journey of self-discovery. Like I remember watching the film Lion um, with Jeff Patel. I don't know if any of you have seen it um, in the cinema earlier that year. And there was that one quote that he'd said, which was, I never really felt like I belonged anywhere or something along those lines because... Um, it wasn't it wasn't the same situation, but we had a very similar situation, like what his was in the film and obviously mine, my, what I'd been through um, when I was younger. And that quote literally floored me. I remember being in tears when he said that, because that one quote pretty much summed up my whole life. Like, I never really felt like I'd belonged anywhere. And after having counselling... I came to understand that a lot of people in my situation where they haven't really been able to bond with their mother from birth or their father and have been through emotional and physical trauma at a very early age usually do experience this. Anyway, I digress. But um, getting back to the weight gain, I was advised to take a cortisol saliva test to check my cortisol levels. And the results came back very high. It came back high for every single reading. And I was diagnosed with adrenal dysfunction or HPA axis dysfunction, depending on however um, you want to relate to it. Um, basically, stress was making me gain weight. And looking back again, I can understand now why a lot of women leave the finance industry to take up a career in holistic health because of the, uh, the burnout and the chronic stress. So after taking those... Um, saliva tests and obviously um, being diagnosed with adrenal dysfunction I started to take holy basil but it wasn't helping me as much as I wanted it to and my weight still hadn't moved so it was then I'd come across Dr Peatfield 
so this was back here this was around may 2017 um he for those of you that don't know dr peatfield has been renowned for giving patients um, who were suffering from thyroid and adrenal issues back their lease of life um, and that's why i booked an appointment to see him so here i am in dr peatfield's office and he's asking me about my health history and it's when I mentioned the death of my mum that he started to probe a little bit more. He asked if I'd ever had counselling to deal with my mum's passing. And at that stage, I hadn't. As dis discussing feelings and turning to therapy is not really a done thing in Asian community. And this is something I really, really want to change. Um, I mean, he probed me more and more. And I remember just bursting out crying. It just all came pouring out. Like feelings and thoughts I'd only really have over confided in my siblings and my best friends i can remember everything from the age of two which is also which is a blessing and a curse i guess you could say um i even remember the day of my mom's funeral which is i guess quite sad um and yeah and i can remember everything after my mom's passing the feelings of trauma fear resentment there were things that came after my mum's death, which I won't go into here as my intention is not with this podcast is not to upset people. And if I do bring this subject up, I know it will have upset a few people as it's always been the elephant in the room. So I won't go there. But my health records at the age of three um, stated that I'd been given a diagnosis of anxiety because I was suffering from vomiting anxiety and the doctors really couldn't understand the reason for it. Um, so they just assumed I was psychologically impacted by everything that was going on around me, um, my mum's passing and amongst other things. <clears throat> I told Dr. Peatford about this and he informed me that all of these feelings that I was holding on to regarding my mum's death and other things that came after it um, were affecting my adrenal glands. My body was in a permanent fight or flight mode and my adrenals were exhausted from the stress of experiencing my mum's death and everything that came after it. And 33 years later, my body had shut down on me. Um, it was quite scary to hear that. But um, at the same time, I was just finally glad I knew what was going on, what was wrong with me. Um, Dr. Peaford also examined my neck and asked me if I'd always had a goiter. Um, and I, I remember having it at a young age, but I never really thought anything of it because the doctors didn't really um, bring it up. So I was none the wiser at the time. But... Um, He'd advised me that he thought I'd been hyperthyroid since I was a child, which is usually a knock-on effect of adrenal dysfunction. And I told him that the doctors regularly did check my thyroid when testing my iron levels because I'm also anemic. And I'd taken um, copies of both my private and NHS blood test results with me. And I showed them to him. And he was actually quite angry when he saw them because he looked at them and then he just said, you have high levels of T4, low levels of T3 and a high reverse, three. T, sorry, reverse T3. Um, and on the NHS blood tests, these are the private blood tests that show that, by the way, but on the NHS blood test, it just showed me that I had a, a normal TSH level, um, which is all, only a small part of the bigger picture when it comes to your thyroid. And that's the reason why I was never treated. So the key message I took away from that session was that I was stressed and hyperthyroid and my body could no longer cope and things really needed to change. 
And it all started to make sense because this wasn't the first time that I'd heard that my adrenals were exhausted. I'd been told that this, I'd been told this when I um, went to a health resort back uh, to in Goa back in 2014 with my sister and sister-in-law. Um, when there, I was asked if I had any grief counselling and that my mum's death was subconsciously affecting my health. And I'm going to be completely honest, I was quite dismissive at the time, but now I can see that what they were saying was correct. And I just wish if I'd, I'd, um, you know, uh, listen to them at the time because I could have made changes there and then um, because it's been scientifically proven that the first seven ch- years of a child's life are the most important as it paves the way for how they're going to be for the rest of their life emotionally and mentally so I guess I had a lot of trauma sitting within me that needed to be resolved I mean Dr Peatford prescribed me with bovine whole adrenal glands to treat the adrenal dysfunction and I got an appointment to see a private endocrinologist who prescribed me with natural desiccated thyroid, which was a standard treatment used before the introduction of levothyroxine. And it's no longer available on or it's no longer prescribed on the NHS, only in um, exceptional circumstances. Now, I wasn't going anywhere near synthetics and I made that clear to the endocrinologist, which is why he prescribed me with NDT Um as I said, I, I just do not like conventional medicine. I don't want toxins in my body and where I can avoid them, I will. <clears throat> I also had an organic acid test done, which revealed further de- deficiencies and gut imbalances. And taking this information into account, I began following a protocol, supplementing with natural medicines and following a diet void of refined sugars and gluten. And it really, really did help me. Um, can definitely say that I 100% that I was on... Um, you know it had me feeling a lot better but that wasn't enough because I also realized that I had to address I had a lot to address in terms of my mum's death and whatever came after it and I had to make peace with the past and that's how I fell into meditation and Reiki now while studying nutrition it became apparent to me that you can follow a healthy diet as much as possible but if you don't address emotional and physical trauma then you're never going to heal so that's why I um, had counseling And I used the meditation and Reiki to get me out of that emotional rut that I'd been in pretty much my whole life. I also had to learn to get rid of all the self-limiting beliefs that I developed over the years. And hypnotherapy was a very powerful tool for that. Um, When I started studying nutrition, if anyone had said to me, you know what, in three years time, you're also going to be a Reiki master practitioner and a hypnotherapist, I would have laughed in their face. But I'm so glad I took this journey because it's taught me a lot and it's given me a lot as well I mean it was through learning all of this about myself that I decided to 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 study to become a nutritionist and a functional medicine practitioner and that's how the functional nutritionist was born Um, too many people are suffering needlessly because doctors use a one-size-fits-all approach instead of following a patient-oriented care plan so I want to use my knowledge and own experiences to be able to help those that are suffering and promote wellness through functional medicine, nutrition, Reiki and hypnotherapy. So there you have it. That's me in a nutshell. I'm going to leave it there because I'm quite conscious that I've already um, gone on quite a bit. But please do get in touch if you do have any questions and comments as I'd love to hear from you. Love and light to you all. Goodbye.